Hey everybody, this is Matt with another Overflow Pod in our series of Shaping Your Future Self. In our last pod, we looked at two habits that will help us hold on through the tough times. The first habit was keep my life clean. That means you don't let sin or guilt or regret pile up like garbage in your life because you keep short accounts with God through confessing to him and receiving forgiveness. It isn't about being perfect because nobody's perfect, but rather continually confessing our weaknesses, our sins to God. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, If you keep yourself pure, you will be a tool that God can use for his purpose, and your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. God can't use a dirty vessel. He can only use a clean one. Job 17.9 says, Those with clean hands will grow stronger and stronger. So it's essential to to keep confessing our weaknesses, our sins, our faults before God so that we can stay clean. The second habit that will help you handle whatever life throws at you is to keep your eyes open. Psalm 105.4 in the message paraphrase says, Keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. And we went over several ways that you can do that to keep your eyes open, looking for God in your life. And we saw how important it was to keep learning from everyone. Proverbs says wise men and women are always learning. So let's just jump right into the third habit that can help us through tough times is to keep your purpose firm. Remember your purpose as a child of God. In Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Once you turn your life over to God and ask him to forgive you of all your wrongs and trust him as your Lord, you have to continue to live your life for him. And this can be difficult to live as a child of God in a world that hates the truth and detests Jesus. There are two important qualities you need to cultivate with this, tenacity and resilience. I mean, you look at every successful person in the world, and they have these two qualities. It doesn't matter what their job is, whether they're in law or sports, business, ministry, they have tenacity and they have resilience, then they're successful. So tenacity, what is it? It's the ability to keep on when you feel like giving up. And resilience is a little different. Resilience is the ability to bounce back when you've been put down, when you've been a bit of a failure when you've been a bit of a flop or you've been put down by a circumstance or by people. So focusing on God's purpose for your life will produce tenacity and resilience. People who give up and don't know how to bounce back, they've lost their purpose. So we got to keep our purpose firm because when everything else is changing around you, you have to anchor your life into something that never changes. That means it's got to be eternal. You have to anchor your life in something eternal that never changes. And when you do that, you develop or cultivate tenacity and resilience. Psalm 33, 11 says, God's plans endure forever. That's tenacity. His purposes last eternally. So when you anchor your life in God's purposes for your life, then you're going to be tenacious and resilient. That's God's goal for you, to endure the tough times and to make it to the finish line. And I know that's what you want. You want to finish, you want to be successful, and you know that's what you need in changing difficult times, keeping your purpose firm. Now, if you're a parent, 
it is hard to be tenacious and resilient. Your kids just wear you down. But you know what's weird about it is if you model it in front of your kids that when you feel like giving up and you feel like not being resilient, but you push through, your kids will learn from that. Your kids will bounce back and your kids will discover it and grow in those areas. And they'll even pass it on to their kids and their grandkids. So if you're struggling with this habit of keeping your purpose of your life for God in this selfish world, ask what's holding me back. It can be so many things. You can be tired because you're doing too much and maybe you need to let something go and let God take over. Your schedule may be too full. You need to drop things to make it easier. You may not spend any time with God during the day, which makes your soul dry up. You may be listening to the world and not God's word, assuming that what the world teaches is good and not knowing what's actually taught in God's word. There's so many ways we can struggle with tenacity and resilience to live our lives for God. But if you're at a loss here, the very first step, is to simply take some time, get quiet before God, and ask him, help. I don't know what is keeping me from living the purpose you made for me. I don't know how to serve and love you each day. Show me how to fix this. And you know what? He will. Because if we ask, he'll give it to us. Now, I need to warn you, there's a barrier to this habit of keeping your purpose firm. And it's this. We get distracted easily. We get distracted by less important things from the urgent. You know, just like in your job, you get distracted from doing the important things with your job with the tyranny of the urgent. And all of a sudden, we're focused more on pressure. And the pressures dictate what our lives are to do instead of our purpose. So what's less important things that take up your time? Maybe social media, TikTok. Instagram, Discord, Netflix, HBO Max, my cell phone, my business, pain, family needs, feeling overwhelmed, worry, stress, politics, all can distract you from focusing on serving God and knowing him. And you know what? All those things, they take up your time. But you know what's really helpful? Identify your biggest distraction in your life that keeps you from focusing on God's purpose in your life. I know people that they can't stop staring at their phones. Maybe your phone is your biggest distraction. Take a second and identify what typically distracts you from God's purpose in your life. Because if you don't identify the barrier, it's going to come out of left field. You're not going to realize what it is. You're not going to think it's a big deal, but it's going to hinder you from this habit of keeping your purpose firm. Write it down so you can fight it. What typically distracts me from God's presence for my life? So habits so far to make it through tough times, keep my life clean, keep my eyes open, keep God's purposes for me. And the fourth is to keep my heart grateful. Ephesians 5.20 in the Living Bible says, always give thanks for everything to God, our Father and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that God blesses and God uses grateful people? He doesn't bless and he doesn't use cranks and complainers or naggers or worriers. 
You see, thankfulness is a habit that we desperately need to cultivate. If you don't stay grateful, you're going to become cynical because there are people and places and positions and problems in this world that are going to hurt you. And if you don't stay grateful, you're going to become cynical. I mean, have you noticed the last four years? Cynicism is off the charts. We don't trust anything anymore because we're not grateful. We have lost sight of verses like Philippians 4, 6, and we get caught up in the urgent where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Why is it that gratitude sometimes seems so hard? Well, we because we forget all the things that we're grateful for. I mean, especially in the hard times. How can we be grateful for the hard times? There's dozens of things that you can be grateful for, even in the middle of tough times, even when things are falling apart. Let me give you just three reasons to be grateful when you're in the tough time. Number one, God's going to give you the strength to get through it. Colossians 1, 11 and 12 says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Why can we be grateful in hard times? Because we know God's going to rescue us. God's going to help us. God will give us the strength and in you will give thanks joyfully to the Father. So we can be grateful because we know that God is going to give us the strength to make it through the hard times. And if you look back at your life, whatever your hard time you're going through now, this isn't the first hard time you've gone through in life, especially as you get older, say 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Then you look back at all those years and you're like, you know what? God is faithful and he gave me the strength to make it through all those times. I still wonder how I even graduated high school, but God got, got me through it somehow. I still wonder how I made it to where I am today. God gives you strength to make it. So when you're going through those tough times, remember that God will give you the strength to make it through. Number two, we can be grateful even in tough times because bad times cannot change God's plan. When you're anchored in the eternal purposes of God, your anchor holds no matter how strong the storm gets. Bad times can't change God's plan or God's purpose in your life because nothing is more powerful than God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many dumb decisions you've made. I've made more than you can possibly imagine. Trust me on this. I have made some boneheaded mistakes in my life. It didn't change God's plan for me one bit, and it won't change God's plan for you because you are not more powerful than God. Hebrews 12, 28 in the message paraphrase says, do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. We have an unshakable kingdom. When everything else in society is being shaken up, it's unshakable. Can God's plan for your life, God's purpose be shaken by the culture? No. Can't God's purpose for your life be shaken by disasters? No. Can God's purposes be shaken by the things that evil people do to you? Abuse and misuse? No. Doesn't change God's purposes. Can God's purpose be changed by whoever gets elected? And some of you may be thinking, well, I don't know about that one. No. We are safe and we are secure in God's plan. 
God's purpose and God's kingdom. Sometimes we think that we are in control of the world and we are not. The government is not either. Things happen all the time outside of their control. You got to realize we are secure in God's plan. You need to stop focusing on the news and start focusing on God's kingdom. We need reminders of Matthew 6, 33, where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. That makes us grateful. We know God is going to strengthen us through the problem. We know that his purpose cannot change and God is good. And we know that we have this unshakable kingdom that nothing can hurt it even during the bad times. Third reason to be grateful in the tough times is our lives are being changed by God. And it's not an instant change. It's gradual, but it's consistent. What God started in your life, he's going to finish it. He's not going to take you halfway there. He's going to take you all the way there. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord. Did you know that you can reflect the glory of the Lord? You could be like a mirror. You know, we're not the sun, we're the moon. The moon reflects the sun's light. And you're a moon for Jesus. All of us can reflect the glory of God. You're like a mirror of Christ. And it says, as the Spirit of the Lord works within me, we become more and more like him. Whether we feel like it or not, we can become more and more like Christ. Spiritual growth is a slow process, so don't get impatient. There's no pill you can take that you're instantly mature. There's no event you can go to, no experience you can have, no book you can read that's going to bring you to instant maturity. It's like weight loss, right? There's no, there's a pill that comes out. Well, you know, it'll help you lose weight, but you know what? It still takes time. And guess what happens when the pill, stop taking the pill? You have all these side effects and you gain the weight right back. I forget what the pill is called, but it's funny. They thought it was this weight loss fix, but it's not because nothing changes that. It's like fruit. Fruit ripens slowly. It doesn't ripen instantly. Same thing with the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, all those nine qualities of the fruit of the Spirit, they grow slow. They ripen slowly. I remember buying peaches years ago. They took like three weeks on my counter to ripen, and I, I, I couldn't believe how long it took. So let me just say this. Be patient with yourself. Okay, be patient with yourself. You got a lifetime to go in Christ. It's not going to happen overnight. There's no instant spiritual maturity. There's there's instant coffee. There's instant mashed potatoes, even though I don't think they're real potatoes. But there's no instant spiritual maturity. Now, like Paul, you can say the three things. Paul says in Christian, thank God I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I am what I am. And thank God I'm not what I'm going to be. You can say those three things too. What gives you the reason to be grateful? Are you grateful that you're not what you used to be? Man, people knew me now what they knew me in high school. <laughs> they couldn't believe I'm the same person. Are you grateful that you are what you are? Sure. In spite of the fact you're, you're a much better person than you were without Christ. And you're not what you're going to be yet. So I can thank God for the past, the present, and the future. We're not there yet. 
See, the Christian life is all about change. It's all about transformation. It's all about becoming the better you. It's all about shaping your future self, which is the title of this series, which in essence is just a fancy way to say sanctification. It's shaping your future self is what God is doing in your life to bring you closer to him, to bring you closer to Jesus. He's moving you from one degree of maturity to the next. It's slow. It's like ripening fruit. You know, so is the growth of a plant. You don't plant a seed and expect it to grow the next day. Imagine growing tomatoes. You put it in the ground. You come back a week later, nothing. Weeks later, nothing. A month later, nothing. All of a sudden, you see a green vine. Like, what's that? That's not a tomato. Yeah, it is. It's just the beginning. And that vine has to grow. And then it's got to, you got to cultivate it. And you got to make sure it grows straight. And then at the very end is when it bears fruit. You got to be patient with yourself. A lot of times we judge ourselves and we, we, we get impatient. And that's why we fail at our goal setting is that we just get impatient. We, we overestimate what we can do in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Like just this past week, I weighed myself and I'm thinking, I did it perfectly. I exercised. I have a calorie deficit. And according to the numbers, I should have lost two more pounds than what I did. But you know what? I'm going to be patient because I know that it's going to take time. And I know it's going to take effort. So you know what? We got to look at ourselves and we got to say, you know what? Take it easy, bud. It's going to get better. It's slow. And we need to be patient with ourselves because we don't change right away. It's like raising kids. I can't expect my kids to all of a sudden be mature. They're growing up. It takes time. They're going to say dumb things. They're going to do dumb things. I need to be patient with them. I need to love them during the process. And man, it's tough sometimes. We need to be patient with ourselves. And it's you know, it starts, of course, with the moment we invite Christ into our life. That's the starting point. That gets you out of the gates when you invite Jesus into your life. The Holy Spirit comes into you. And now God has a chance to start moving in your life and in your heart, in your mind, your body. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it like this. When somebody becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. You see, the problem is the longer you're a Christian, you forget how good the good news really is. You've been a Christian for 20, 30 years. You, you just take it for granted because you've had peace in your heart. You've had Christ in your life and you've had the spirit working in your soul. And we forget how much Christ has radically changed us. We're not the same anymore. And we can be grateful for that. We need to constantly remind ourselves what a privilege it is to serve Jesus, to live for him. Never forget that everything God does for you and through you and in you and to you is by his grace through faith. Never get over it. Remind yourself daily of God's grace. Grace is the fact that God knows every stupid mistake I'm going to make in my life and he still chose me. God knows that every stupid mistake you're going to make in your life and he still chose you. I didn't deserve to be saved, much less have the privilege of serving him. And we're all just trophies of his grace. And when the enemy comes and points out stuff in your life and says, you're not worthy, you stink, your actions are terrible, your behavior is deplorable, you're right, yep, you're right. You suck as a parent, yep. 
I'm a trophy of God's grace. And I'm here because of him. I didn't do anything. That's the awesome part about grace. Is that no matter how many times we mess up, God fixes it. So exercise these habits to keep you through the tough times of keeping clean, always confessing your sins, keeping your eyes open, check out what God's doing and jump on the bandwagon, keeping your purpose firm, living for God and keeping him first in your life, keeping an attitude of gratitude and that you will make it no matter how tough times become, no matter what's going on in your life, you are thankful. Well, I hope this message encouraged you today, no matter where you are. And next week, we're going to finish up these habits that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. So God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.